Good evening. Um, today is September 28th, and I'm calling the Rent Stabilization Commission meeting to order. Uh, we would like to begin by acknowledging the land on which we gather, currently known as the uh, City of West Hollywood, is the occupied, unceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tonga and the Gabrielino Quiche people. Um, and I would also like to ask Commissioner um, Topchin to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. Alrighty, we are going to uh, swear in our new commissioner this evening. So I would like to call forward our commissioner um, and the person doing the swearing in. Oh. <laughs> A council member Howman. <laughs> Welcome. So this will be our first time having a, a full commission. Uh, so welcome, uh, Frank, uh, Commissioner Rory. I know you're settling in, but do you want to take a few minutes and sort of talk about yourself and, you know, how excited you are to uh, be joining the commission? <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. Chair Wright, Vice Chair Moore, um, fellow commissioners, family, friends, uh, public, everyone at home, on the internet, 
Um, it means so much um, to me to take that oath that you just saw. Um, I really value local government. I really value public service. Um, I'm so much looking forward to applying those passions to this commission and to serving with everyone up on this dice for the foreseeable future. And um, I can't wait to dive into tonight's meeting. Um, I genuinely appreciate all the support I've been given along the way. Um, I would like to say a special thank you to my family who is gonna be my support system while I am spending time with y'all over the next few months. So uh, they keep me going and I'm here because of them in part. So um, with that, I'll just say thank you all and look forward to serving and um, can't wait to get everyone to know everyone a little bit better. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Secretary, the uh, roll call, please. Commissioner Bass? Here. Commissioner Kirpies? Here. Commissioner Martz? Present. Commissioner Mori? Rory? Sorry. Here. Commissioner Topshin? Here. Vice Chair Moore? Here. Chair Wright? Present. All right, we have a quorum. The next item on the agenda is the approval of the agenda. Um, I imagine everyone has had a time to review it, and so I will entertain a motion for approval at this time. Move to approve. Second. All righty, we have a motion and a second. Um, so I almost said Madam <laughs> Secretary, a roll call, please. Commissioner Bass? Yes. Commissioner Kirpies? Yes. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Rory? Yes. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Yes. Chair Wright? Aye. All motion passes. Now on to the approval of the minutes from our last meeting. Um, I imagine everyone's had, a time, had time to review it, and so I'll entertain a motion to approval if there are no amendments. I move to approve. Second. All right, we have a motion and a second. Uh, Mr. Secretary, may we have a roll call, please? Commissioner Bass? Aye. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Rory? Abstain. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright. Aye. All righty, the motion passes. Item seven on the agenda is public comment. Uh, do we have any, um, anyone signed up for public comments? We have no public speakers at this time. Okay. Item number eight is the manager's report. Um, Mr. Holub, it is. Take evening, it away. Chair. Thank you. Uh, good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, Commissioners. Jonathan Holub, Rent Stabilization Manager. Um, first of all, let me welcome uh, Commissioner Rory. It's a pleasure to have you here. And as the Chair noted, uh, we finally have seven. And that's great. And uh, before I get into the um, look ahead, that means that um, I'm going to schedule a study session. So um, that should probably happen towards the end of the year or early in the new year. Um, as you can see, um, we uh, are scheduled out through November 9th, and the, uh, the, media, the second meeting in October is canceled because this uh, facility will not be available. Um, that, in, in, because of that, we're actually moving um, the appeals that are on the look ahead to the next meeting. So you'll have two appeals next meeting, and um, I anticipate that we might only have one meeting per um, month through the end of the year because of the holidays. Obviously, the second meeting in November can't happen. It's Thanksgiving, and then we're getting close to the holidays in December. But um, we'll have plenty for you to do at those meetings, so don't worry. Um, 
also wanted to um, let you know that I did get some eviction numbers uh, for the last, uh, for the end of the summer, July and August. It's pretty much been the same as what we had reported previously, about 20 new cases per month um, at our partner Betsetics, um program. And um, so that's, you know, uh, you know, it's too many, but it's still good news that we're not seeing any spikes. Um, what we also have uh, still with uh, through the city is uh, rent relief funds. Um, there's three programs that are currently offered. One is for um, aging adults. The other is for people living with HIV. And then there's a, there's a general fund also available. If folks need rental assistance, they should contact the division at 323-848-6450. Again, that's 323-848-6450, or email us at rsd at weho.org. Uh, those um, uh, funds are managed through our Human Services Division, which is part of our department. Uh, we will make sure that anyone who has uh, a need will get connected to the appropriate um, provider, and hopefully they can get some assistance that way. Um, another way that folks should uh, consider uh, contacting the division is through an appointment. Um, that way you have a scheduled time. So, you know, if, we, if you come to the counter, it's fine. Um, there'll be someone who can see you usually right away. Um, if you call, we'll get back to you within 24 hours. Same with an email. But if you have a set time that's best for you to come to City Hall, uh, make an appointment with the division. And um, you can do that by visiting the WeHo homepage, weho.org. If you put your cursor in the search bar, um, it, there'll be a bunch of selections that'll pop up. One of those will be appointments. So if folks want to make an appointment, click on that, and you can make an appointment with the Rent Stabilization Division that way. And I strongly suggest that if, uh, if you're able to do so. And that's uh, all I have for my report. If there's any questions, I'll be happy to take them. Are there any questions? Just a uh, uh, Mr. Manager, if there's any update on that code enforcement um, proactive uh, that inspection program. Sure, yeah. Um, the uh, RFP was issued. Um, I think the deadline for vendors to submit um, their proposals is it's like this week, potentially. I, I, I'd have to check, but um, it's around this time, I think. Um, so it's moving. It's, it's moving forward. So, you know, that'll go through the process. A vendor will be picked, contract hopefully will be signed, and then we'll have the, uh, the system in place. Great. Thank you. Commissioner Kirby's. Yeah. Is there an um, update on the rent registry program, and how is that going? I know that we, mm -hmm. or not rent, rental registry, yeah. yeah rent registry. The, the expansion to um, include non-rent stabilized units, which includes uh, new construction, anything after 1970, July 1st, 1979, and separately alienable units like um, uh, condos and single-family residences uh, are required to be registered now. Uh, the rollout's almost, the rollout is complete. Um, uh, we're, we have nearly 100% compliance at this point. Um, we uh, will be encouraging those that have not complied to do so in the next few weeks. Um, Penalties can accrue if, if, if that's not done, but uh, compliance has been excellent, and we're getting a lot of uh, useful information from that uh, registry. 
I was going to ask, is, is there a point at some point in the next couple months or maybe at our study session, could we uh, see some of that data? How many new units, or not new, but how many additional units that we're, we're tracking? And Yeah, sure. We, when uh, I would, uh, the study session might be a good point to do that because I would hope by then we will have 100% compliance. Thank you. Yeah. Any more questions? All righty. Well, we will move on to item number nine on the appeal. I'm sorry, on the agenda, which is the commission comments. I'll start with whoever wants to go first. If you have any comments this evening. Sure, I'll go ahead. <laughs> um, I just want to congratulate our newest commissioner. Um, welcome you. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Really happy to have a full um, body up here and. Um, it just contributes to a robust conversation, and um, yeah, so welcome. I, I would like to echo those uh, comments and welcome you, Commissioner Rory. It was a pleasure to serve with you for four years on the Public Facilities Commission. I'm excited to embark on this new adventure, and, and um, I'm sure it'll be a pleasure here as well, but welcome. I also want to mention uh, I will be absent from the October 12th meeting. I had plans already made before I was appointed to this commission. So I'll see you all in November. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, also, welcome on board, Commissioner Rorick. Um, I'm sure you're going to be a great addition to this board, and uh, congratulations. And um, uh, I also will be absent on uh, October 12th uh, from that meeting, just uh, for the record. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us, and I'm glad that you're here. Uh, and I'm also very excited to see that the commission comments got put back on the agenda twice. I was a little confused at first. So <laughs> thank you, whoever was in charge of that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Welcome, Commissioner Rory. Um, it's wonderful to have you here. And welcome back, everyone. I feel like it's been a while since we've all been here. So it's nice to have a full, full gang here. Thanks. All right. Um, I'll echo the sentiments of everyone and say welcome. I look forward to, you know, hearing your opinions and discussions and, and viewpoints uh, on our on the appeals that we hear. And speaking of appeals, um, let's hop into it. <laughs> uh, tonight's appeal is D4652R. Um, we had both parties appeal this evening, uh, and so we'll talk about how that will be different for dividing um, the time. Do we have a representative from the tenant and the landlord present or via Zoom? The landlord is present via Zoom, the tenant's here in person. Okay, wonderful. Um, oh, we should turn, can we turn the podium around for, uh, for an in-person speaker? <laughs> Alrighty, and while we're doing that, um, I will ask that the, um, that we hear the report from our legal counsel. Uh, good evening, um, Chair, Vice Chair, um, Commission. My name is John Adelizio. I'm the legal counsel to the Rent Subization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. Uh, this appeal hearing results from appeals filed by both the landlord and the tenant in response to the hearing examiner's remand decision determining the maximum allowable rent overpayments in rent and valuation relating to the tenant's dishwasher. In resolution number 22-618, the commission ordered a remand to determine the maximum allowable rent. 
and determine whether the landlord had demanded, uh, accepted, or retained rent in excess of the maximum allowable rent, and to provide a valuation for the unit's faulty dishwasher. Um, a, uh, a, a remand decision was issued, uh, which determined the following, that the current maximum allowable rent is $1,220.09, that the landlord has retained excess rent in the amount of $764.46, and that the valuation for the dishwasher is $83. Um, in combination, the appeals claim that the remand decision is clearly an error, is not reasonably supported by the findings made or evidence in the record, constitute an abuse of discretion, and is contrary to the law. Uh, regarding the MAR, while neither of the appeals directly challenged that the MAR was uh, incorrectly calculated, staff finds that the MAR was correctly calculated. Regarding the overpayments, staff finds that the hearing examiner correctly applied um, the calculated MARs to the rent payments made by the tenant and correctly calculated the overcharges. And lastly, staff finds that the hearing examiner's valuation for the dishwasher is reasonable. Therefore, staff finds that the remand decision is not clearly an error, is reasonably supported by the findings made and evidence in the record. It does not constitute an abuse of discretion and is not contrary to the law. Therefore, staff recommends adopting resolution RSC 23-634. You as the commission have the power to affirm, reverse, modify, or remand the appealed decision um, of the hearing examiner. The commission reviews the hearing examiner's decision under the substantial evidence standard, which requires the commission to make sure there's substantial evidence that reasonably supports the hearing examiner's decision is credible and of solid value. If that evidence is found, then the decision must be upheld, even if there's also evidence that could support a different outcome. The commission does not substitute its judgment for that of the hearing examiner or reweigh the evidence. As it relates to questions of law, the commission applies an independent or de novo standard of review to the hearing examiner's conclusions of law. Thank you. Wonderful, thank you. Um, so I'm gonna go over the ground rules for tonight's evening. And while I'm doing that, um, can we also get some assistance with just removing these, uh, the microphones up front as well? Um, and so uh, typically we only have one party appeal. Um, here we had both parties um, appeal, the landlord and the tenant. And so the tenant appealed first, and so the tenant will speak first. Um, and you'll have five minutes. You can divide your time between um, presenting your case and rebuttal. You can take your full five minutes, and the same will apply to the landlord, because since the landlord also appealed, that you will have five minutes, and you can divide your time between presenting your case and your rebuttal. Um, when it's your turn to speak, just let me know how you want to divide your time, and our secretary will record it and let you know how long you have to speak, should you decide to divide the time. Um, you know, since you do have five minutes, it is important uh, to stay on topic and only the topics on appeal should be discussed. Uh, if you submitted new evidence before you can discuss it, we would need to, to consider if we will even consider that new evidence. Um, and so just let us know, you know before you start talking about any new topics because we'll have to make that decision uh, on the council, among the council. Um, are there any questions from the commissioners um, about the staff report before we hear from the parties. Okay, seeing, seeing none, um, I would like to ask the, um, the tenant to come to the podium first. Uh, let us know how you'll divide your time 
uh, state your name and city of residence, and then you can begin. Um, hi, thank you, and welcome. Congratulations. Can I you speak like up? To, I would like to um, divide. You can bring the microphone close to you. I can't lean on it. It'll roll. Um, okay, so I would like to please divide my time. Um, I'm going to speak, I think it's about four minutes and 30 seconds. Um, whatever is left, I would like to leave for remand if I could. My name is Sheris Michelson, and I'm a resident of the city of West Hollywood. My address is 1224 North La Cienega Boulevard. Okay. Thank you. Please begin. Thank you. Hearing examiner Mr. Lawrence noted that my rent overpayment should be returned to me, yet incorrectly concluded that there was no evidence that my landlord received COVID rent relief money for me. If Mr. Lawrence would have reviewed the record from the original D4652 Mar hearing, he would have read that my landlord admitted to having received the COVID rent relief money and that my landlord admitted that I had a credit due to receiving this money. A credit is an overpayment. Mr. Lawrence was also provided with my evidence proving my landlord received the $6,162.80 in COVID rent relief payments. I first learned uh, my landlord was using my COVID rent relief payments during the original Mar hearing for this case. I asked my landlord to return my rent overpayments to me within the hearing. He didn't do so. Four days later, I requested all rent overpayments be returned to me and a copy of my tenant ledger via email. I was ignored. My landlord claims in a letter, which is dated well after the original Mar hearing, that he returned the COVID rent relief money to the Hi, state. Do you think we're going to start soon? Sorry? Sorry about that. Please continue. Uh, no worries. Um, uh, yet no bank statements were submitted to show he actually returned it. His letter is another admission that he received the money. I'm asking that all rent overpayments be provided to me that my landlord had in his possession at the time of the original Mar hearing, which would be at least $6,162.80 in light of all the other monies Mr. Lawrence determined I had overpaid my landlord. Mr. Lawrence pointed out that there is no evidence my landlord charged me a rent increase while code violations were present. However, this isn't true. My landlord requested a rent increase for October 1st, 2017 while code violations were present. I provided documentation of the code violations from the health department. This increase is reflected in the amount of rent I paid going forward, which I proved through checks and bank statements. My landlord believes he no longer has to perform maintenance in my unit per a court settlement agreement that settles issues up to 2000, uh, November of 2020, even though his gross misinterpretation of the agreement was struck down in Superior Court, and that documentation was provided for this case and the LA County Health Department and Code Enforcement have cited several code violations in and outside of my unit, proving needed maintenance is still a legal obligation by a landlord, but he refuses to perform needed maintenance. My landlord previously told, me, told the city that my condition to enter my home, which is related to my faith and customs, which includes that all guests wear booties over shoes or remove shoes to enter my home, prevented him from performing maintenance. However, the DFBH and HUD confirm my landlord's act of denying me maintenance per my faith and customs is religious discrimination. My right to sue letter was included in my evidence. In, pre in previous remand case D4460, hearing examiner Mr. Snyder concluded that my condition was not enforced to prevent maintenance, maintenance and, I noted I was re and noted I was religious. City Attorney John Natalizio told the commission during the appeal for that case to overturn Mr. Snyder's decision, so they did, and prevented me from taking awarded rent reductions. This became Resolution 21592. 
My landlord provided no evidence that he tried to enter my unit to perform maintenance in this current case because he didn't attempt to enter to perform maintenance for this case. Yet the city enacted prejudice towards me in this case and denied me awarded rent reductions anyway, just like my last case per resolution 21592, which employs religious discrimination against me. The city noted that I must give up my condition or prove I'm no longer employing it to gain warranted rent reductions. This is the equivalent of bribing me to give up my faith and custom so that I can have a rent, the rent reductions I proved I should have. Or in other words, the city is demanding I give up my faith and customs in order to not be overcharged rent. What if the city told someone who was gay that they have to give up being gay before they can get warranted rent reductions? That would be abominable. It's no less abominable to tell me I must give up my faith and customs to gain what I proved is rightfully mine. Please remand resolution 21592 to determine if it's lawful or not. And if it's not lawful, may it, um, it be determined that all my awarded rent reductions that have been withheld per this res resolution be provided to me. Since learning of my right to sue letter from HUD and the DFEH, my landlord has worn booties over his shoes or removed his shoes to enter my unit several times. It hasn't tried to perform, excuse me, the needed maintenance for the rent reductions I was awarded, yet not provided. By not allowing me to take the rent reductions I've been awarded, the city is enabling my landlord to charge me more rent than what is due as I'm paying for services or amenities that I'm not fully provided. Sorry to interrupt, that's four and a half minutes. Thank you. Also, by me being prevented from taking the rent reductions I'm awarded, my landlord has no incentive to make needed repairs. My landlord has a history of taking action to try to get rent reductions reversed. Also, my landlord didn't serve me uh, via email as he claims in his appeal form or in any other way. Thus, his appeal should be considered void as he didn't meet the requirement to gain an appeal. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Are there any commissioners? Yeah, Commissioner Kirby's. Yes, thank you. I have two questions. One is, what is the, the dollar amount uh, for the COVID relief that your landlord received? Um, $6,162.80, sir. And how much is the total um, that you are claiming you've been overcharged, including um, what the hearing examiner decided and this amount, and is there any other amount? What's the total that you... The need? total amount, thank you. The total amount would be the $6,162.80 plus the amount that uh, Mr. Lawrence uh, determined. Which I think is a 764.46, does that sound right? Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, no questions, uh, no additional questions at this time. Uh, you will have the remaining time after uh, the landlord Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty, and the is the landlord on? Adam, can you hear us? I'm asking him to unmute. Okay. Adam, please unmute yourself. Landlord, if you can hear us, please unmute yourself. Do you have a phone number? Can we, are we able to call? Adam, if you can hear us, uh, it is, yep, 
I see, see that you've unmuted yourself. Can you hear me? Can you hear us? Adam? Empire View Homes, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you hear the meeting? Or you can't hear the meeting? Can you hear us, Adam? I can't hear you guys. You said you can or you can't? I guess that's no. <laughs> Hi, Adam, can you hear us? Can you go one more time? Can you hear us? Hello, can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Can you hear okay, us? Yes. Okay, wonderful. Um, let us know if, if the sound goes out at any time. Okay, no problem, I appreciate it. All right, and so I don't know if you heard the rules, uh, but you'll have five minutes. You can take the entire five or you can divide it between presenting your case and a rebuttal. Um, so just let me know how you would like to divide your time, if at all. Uh, I'll do half and half. Half and half. All righty, just state your name and your city of residence and you may begin. Uh, Adam Rosencrantz, Marina Del Rey, California. Uh, I'm Appearing today on behalf of Empire View Homes LLC, the owner of the property in which the uh, applicant or tenant, Cheris Nicholson, is a resident of. You know, I think, unfortunately, these issues have persisted for far too long, and there's really not been any evidence produced as it relates to the dishwasher issue that really demonstrates that there was ever any water leaking. This has gone through an exhaustive process. Kind of inconceivably, the city never even conducted an inspection and the Rent Stabilization Commission, you know, arbitrarily awarded a rent reduction in the amount of $83, which I think is kind of unprecedented given uh, the lack of evidence to substantiate, you know, the purported deficiency. This is a tenant and landlord that has been engaged in litigation for a number of years. It all stems from an unlawful detainer action that was filed and won by the landlord and subsequently the judge restored possession to this tenant on an equity claim. And ever since then, the owner has been subjected to ongoing, you know, harassment and, uh, you know, kind of fictitious claims that unfortunately have permeated, you know, this tenancy for its really its duration. You know, and part of the reason I bring it to your attention regarding the litigious nature is, you know, the court ongoing litigation right now. The court recently awarded judgment to the owner on all of Ms. Nicholson's habitability claims, including you know, any issues regarding this dishwasher. The judge ruled 
that she had no evidence of any violation of any habitability law. This ruling comes on the heels of another court ruling in which the courts sided with the city of West Hollywood on claims made by Ms. Mickelson regarding various discrimination. Like I said, it was an unqualified judgment in the landlord's favor. So you have an independent court that has made these determinations through a variety of inspections performed in connection with that matter. And also, the owner had a general contractor perform an inspection as well in connection with this lawsuit. So you have an independent judge that has ruled unequivocally in favor of the landlord demonstrating that there are no habitability claims or circumstances that exist, yet this commission has elected to take things into their own hands and make arbitrary decisions that are not tethered to any factual basis. So it's highly distressing and disturbing that the owners continue to be subjected to this. So I would implore the commission to read the judge's most recent ruling that just came out a couple days ago that- That's two and a half minutes. Like I said, issues an unqualified ruling in the landlord's favor. That is it, thank you. Okay, thank you. Are there any questions from the commission at this time? Okay, Commissioner Bash. I have one question for the landlord. The tenant says that this notice of appeal was not delivered via email. Do you have evidence of delivering it via email? Give me one moment, please. I do not know off the top of my head if it was delivered via email, but I do recall it was likely delivered to our unit. But off the top of my head, I'm not certain. I know that it was submitted with the city of West Hollywood, and I think that that would date stamp. Thank you. And I'm curious what your response is to what the tenant said regarding the COVID relief of about six grand that had been paid. And she mentioned some prior testimony that you had given. And so I'm just curious what your response is to what she has said. Specifically, I'm not sure what she said, but the money was returned to the state of California. I provided copies of checks, and I think there was receipted check or canceled checks showing that the money had been cashed by the state of California. Because the money had been paid, from what I recall, to the landlord by the tenant, and I spoke with the state of California rental assistant board or whatever it was, or the administrator. And the direction I received, as I stated in the letter that I wrote to the state, was to return the money, and that's exactly what I did. I had no intention or desire, the owner had no desire to hold on to money. Like I said, that's why it was returned and cashed by the state. I mean, there's empirical evidence to show that. Okay, thank you. And then you also mentioned a recent Superior Court case on habitability. Was the issue regarding the dishwasher before the court, specifically? I do believe so, and it was also before the court in a prior lawsuit. There were a variety of claims made by the tenant. I think that there may have been nine causes of action in that lawsuit that really just surrounded the entire habitability of the property. And I don't have the complaint in front of me. I'd be happy to go back through it to review that and go back through court files and have my attorney send a memorandum, if that would be helpful. But it was a pretty broad habitability lawsuit that was brought by the tenant, where really every kind of conceivable claim was brought forth. So, yeah, that's kind of what I would just stand on. And so the habitability standard, 
from what I understand, is this a different standard than the than our statutes require, sort of regarding um, like the dishwasher and you know her, her extent of use and enjoyment of it? Um, to your knowledge, was this issue decided strictly on habitability, or was there any reference to West Hollywood statutes? Um, specifically with use and enjoyment of services and, and appliances? Uh, my recollection is that it was related to this court standard as opposed to the city's standard. Uh, but there was really, like I said, and I don't mean to relitigate anything, I, I respect your guys' time and the diligence, but there was never any you know, real evidence given that there was anything leaking. I think the tenant provided some photographs of water on the ground. But if the city was vested in getting to the bottom of this as somebody who's made significant complaints, the seemingly due course of action would be just do an inspection. I mean, the tenant's not reluctant to call code enforcement or the LA County Department of Public Health. We can resolve these you know, issues in a lot more efficient and definitive manner if the city just performs an inspection of the apartment, you know, and then you address these things and it's not so kind of, with all due respect, haphazard and arbitrary when I provide a photo that shows it's working, the tenants admit it works, it's just not working apparently to her standards, and I provide evidence that the thing's been repaired, and then an $83 you know, assessment is charged against the landlord, which, I, like I said, I've never seen anything to that extent Thank you. Uh, assessed. All right. Thank you. Um, the tenant will now have, I believe, about is it 30 se 15 seconds. 15 seconds. Um, for rebuttal. Sure. Did, does that include sort of the, the interruption with the, that happened during her, her testimony? Yeah, yes. All right, thank you. Thank you. Um, I unfortunately had to file litigation well before my landlord filed an unlawful detainer against me, uh, both in Superior Court and I filed multiple rent reductions uh, with the city prior for, before he filed his unlawful detainer. Uh, the judge made no ruling that there were no habitability issues. My, landlord, um, my attorney um, did not file his paperwork on time, and so the landlord's motion uh, went through. That was 15 seconds. Okay. You can have a, you can finish. Thank you. Um, we are appealing uh, because my attorneys had a reasonable excuse for why they did not uh, file their paperwork on time. Um, also, court enforcement has recently been to my unit, as, the, as has the LA County Health Department, and both have found code violations currently present in my unit. Um, Edward was who did the most recent inspection, and David Manukian um, of the LA County Health Department was who did the most recent inspection from the Health Department. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Bash, don't leave yet. Just really quick question. I asked uh, the landlord about email, but their appeal says that they also mailed this notice of the appeal. Did you receive that? No, sir. I received no service in any capacity, not to my unit, not emailed, not mailed, not in any capacity at all. Thank you. Thank you. The chair, very quickly, what's the date of the judgment? Uh, September the 19th, 2023. And half of the case went forward, the um, uh, d discrimination claims with regard to religious discrimination and a, uh, a disability discrimination. And do you recall the uh, dishwasher was mentioned in the judgment? In, in, in which way? Uh, it was, uh, there w the only thing mentioned in the judgment had to do with the judge's 
a perspective on my attorneys not filing their paperwork. There was no mention at all in any capacity about the habitability issues. Not the dishwasher. Not the dishwasher, not anything about habitability. It was solely because my attorneys did not file their paperwork on time and the judge uh, felt that was negligence even though they had a reasonable excuse. Very well, thank you. Thank you. Do you have that, the case number by chance? Uh, for my um, superior court case? Yes, ma'am. Um, I can look it up on my phone and provide that to you. Okay. I, I, I don't have it memorized, I'm sorry. Okay, no, <laughs> no worries. I guess the, the question was if there's any, do we need to t sort of take a minute to see if we're going to make a decision on issues that are before the court, or do we? No, the, no. the court okay. cases in, in this have no bearing on this case. Okay. So, th so while, while there is litigation going on that has no effect on this commission, and anything regarding that litigation should be disregarded. Okay, okay, so never mind, thank you. Thank you. May I ask a question? Yes. <clears throat> Could you spend just 10, 15 seconds speaking directly about the dishwasher and the history of the dishwasher in light of the owner's comments that seem to suggest there isn't an issue with the dishwasher? Sure. So my dishwasher uh, was leaking incredibly. It was um, leaking both out of the bottom there because the seal on the inside has come off. And even if you squish it back into the dishwasher, it will come off again. Um, and also the trap, they call it a trap, next to the sink where the water comes out whenever, like, I guess when I run the dishwasher, that would pour water down the counter and down the front of my kitchen cabinets and onto the floor. So it leaked in both of those capacities. Also, uh, when I run it underneath my kitchen sink, there is a leak. Um, and so water will puddle underneath my kitchen sink. Um, and I uh, have taken pictures of stains and water and that information, all of it has been provided to the landlord. And how long has that been going on for? Is it currently happening? Um, yes. Not the trap, but the issue underneath the sink with the leak and also the seal around the dishwasher. So the trap has been fixed, but the seal and the under the sink, you say, is still an Both. issue? yes. And how much water are we talking about? Um, the water will puddle underneath the kitchen sink. Um, and I just sent a video of that to my landlord where you know, again, there was a puddle, so I took my finger and it was like wet, you could hear it, you know, and I would show on the, on the um, uh, video camera my finger being wet to prove there's water. And then the leak um, inside of the dishwasher, or the seal inside of the dishwasher, it's, um, it just always comes out. Like even if you close it, you open it, the, the seal comes out. It's just, it needs, I don't know, it's an old dishwasher. And it will leak um, also out of the corner, the bottom corner. How much? A few drops? Um, it's, it's a little bit of water. Yeah, it's not a lot anymore. The trap was the main issue with regard to um, my dishwasher. And when did the trap get resolved? That got resolved um, Approximately. quite some time ago, like over a year ago. Thank you, no thank further you. questions. All right, um, thank you. Thank you. How much time does the, the landlord have? Two minutes and 25 seconds. 
Alrighty, and I gave the, the tenant a few extra minutes, so if you go over that, um, that's fine, but you can now begin your rebuttal. Uh, the Los Angeles Superior Court case, I'll be just brief on that. That was a judgment ruled by the judge, the tenant appealed, lost the appeal, so there were multiple processes. But as it relates to the, the dishwasher, I think if we just look at this from a very rational sense, the owner pays for the water. Right? If the water, if there's a leak of the dishwasher, what benefit would the owner have to leave it unremitied? Why would the owner continue to repair or attempt to repair a dishwasher after voluminous complaints and just leave it unfixed? Why would the owner fix a trap but not fix the seal, which I've provided evidence to the commission and the hearing officer's maintenance log showing that it was repaired? Uh, it just doesn't make any reasonable sense to leave an issue like that unremitied when the owner has carried out extensive repairs in the tenant's unit, not because they were even reasonably you know, necessary, but because the tenant habitually makes false claims and allegations in which we have a duty to investigate and we make these repairs. But it just, it doesn't make any sense. Why would we leave it unremitied? Like there's no motivation whatsoever to allow a little bit of water to puddle. It degrades the quality of the cabinets and the under component of the cabinet, which the landlord has to maintain. So it's just kind of asinine and I don't understand how we can even have such an extensive dialogue about something like this. And it can really just be resolved by, you know, I'll bring a handyman out and somebody from the Rent Stabilization Commission can come out too and we'll address it together and evaluate it. It's like the time that goes into something that is not a loss of a housing service. It does not impact anybody's enjoyment of a dishwasher. The dishwasher still works. It's not leaking. It's fully operational. It's, you know, $82 on a, it's just, it's unconscionable. There's no motivation whatsoever to not address an issue like that. Like I said, the owner is the one who's responsible to maintain it. And if I leave water under the cabinet and it just degrades it and it rots, then it likely leads to further repairs. It's just not tethered to reality. All right. Um, are you done? Yes. Okay. Um, did the commission have questions for the landlord? All righty. Um, so it appears that there are no additional questions for the parties. Uh, so you'll go on mute, but please stick around for our deliberations. And I will let who, oh, Commissioner Kirby's to begin the deliberations. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> so this is a uh, tenant-landlord relationship that has come in front of this commission several times over the last 15 years. Um, uh, I haven't always been on the commission when um, these have come in front of the commission because there were times in that 15, 20-year period that I was not on the commission, but it, the, the relationship has not changed over those years. This is a, um, as the landlord explained, you know, why would it, why would a landlord do this? Well, my question is, why would a relationship like this uh, ever happen? Because on both sides over the years, and in this case specifically, um, you know, you can see by reading the history that there is just this, um, you know, I would call it nitpicking on both sides and then retaliation from the landlord. I think that the tenants' um, expectations are, are uh, have been um, 
higher than than what i would claim reasonable and i would say at the same time that the landlord has taken that and retaliated against the landlord in several situations over the years in these cases in this case specifically um on the the uh, dishwasher uh, i remember the case this this commission uh, remember there were like 15 to 20 items that we we looked at that night and this one was a clear case of we need to remand it because uh, the initial dollar amount was like $10. There was no no objection. There was no evidence by the landlord ever that this was ever repaired or uh, addressed. It was a $10 fine back or a $10 um, reduction back then. We didn't believe that was reasonable enough because the, the reasoning that the, the, the hearing examiner gave was because it still worked mostly. Well, I don't want a half working dishwasher and that's why the commission sent it back to, for uh, 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 to remand and then also the question of the overpayment so I'm not convinced by anything the landlord says tonight about them ever trying to fix the um, the, the, the the dishwasher and the, the hypocrisy of saying it would be so easy just to handle this well he didn't even show up at the last hearing that in, when it was remanded so I, I have little sympathy for um, feeling sorry for one of the parties that this has just gone on and on and on. I agree it's gone on and on and on, but that's not the commission's fault. Um, the second issue is when it comes to the dollar amount. Um, I understand where the tenant is coming from in terms of the additional dollars, but I also understand how the state program worked with the COVID relief. The landlord had no option other than to return that to the state, um, and any dollars that the tenant paid, you don't get a refund back. Um, that's just not how it worked. There were several hundreds, several hundred people that that um, tried to do their best at the very beginning of COVID and tried to pay their rent off the credit cards and loans and all that stuff, and they lost out because that's not how the program worked. The program could not reimburse them for that amount. So I know that the landlord had no choice but to return that money. So I, in this case, um, agree with the hearing examiner's decision. Um, I agree with the any of the parties that believe that this has gone on long enough. Um, and I'm ready to, after hearing everyone else's comments, I'm, I'm ready to support the hearing examiner's decision and the staff's uh, recommendation. Thank you, Commissioner Bass. I just have a couple questions uh, of counsel. Is the valuation uh, held to the de novo standard or the substantial evidence standard? Substantial evidence. Okay. Thank, let me think some more before I speak again. All right, uh, Commissioner Martz. Sure, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think we heard a lot, most of what we heard tonight was irrelevant. We heard about a lawsuit, we heard about... Yeah. Work. Um, all right. We heard about a lawsuit, we heard about code enforcement, we heard about the health department, we heard about state COVID relief funds. I appreciate Commissioner Kirby's knowledge on this. That's my understanding as well. Um, so, which is emblematic of every time this case comes before us. We hear a lot of garbage, and I want to really have the parties really focus on not bringing garbage before us, and uh, whether it's from the tenant or the landlord side, stick to the facts. Uh, you know, this, as Commissioner Kirby's um, kind of frustration with this, mine is there too. Um, as so, as to the state COVID relief funds, the MAR, I think the um, hearing examiner is correct. And then as to the dishwasher amount, I personally agree with the landlord's decision. I think, or 
position, but I think there's substantial evidence in the record to support um, the hearing examiner's decision. Despite my personal beliefs, I have to look at, put that aside. Um, I wouldn't have ruled that same way, but um, I would uphold the hearing examiner in full and support staff's recommendation here. Great, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Topchin. Thank you, Chair. Uh, yeah, I just want to, um, I concur with the, um, Commissioner Martz and Commissioner Kirpis mentioned about the irrelevant um, information that both parties presented tonight. Um, it has um, the, the issues regarding the COVID relief funds and over, um, overpayments or re reimbursement back to the funds um, state has really, I mean, we have no jurisdiction over that issue and it was just a waste of a time basically um, providing that information, whether to the examiner or to this commission. Um, also, the, the, uh, the recent court, court judgment that was mentioned both by the tenant and the landlord also has no bearing uh, to the commission's decision. Uh, particularly, there was no, I believe, or at least we don't have it, any, dis any discussion on the dishwasher uh, matter on, uh, in that court decision, but still, as the legal counsel mentioned, that wouldn't have any bearing on this, uh, to, to the commission's decision. Um, in, in regards to the MAR, I agree with the findings. Uh, the determination of the MAR is correct, and I agree with the amount of uh, um, the amount of the uh, overpayments determined by the examiner. I agree with that. And I agree with the dishwasher valuation. So if you look into the, <clears throat> uh, the uh, direction, the instructions that the commissioner gave to the examiner in, in the, when we sent the case back, um, and there was uh, in the resolution number 22-618. So the, the commission specifically instructed to look into the valuation uh, as the leak did not, um, what, look into the additional uh, substantial evidence to support if there was any, the $10 valuation, because we didn't see that. The commission did not see that. And the commission believed that um, the, the leak that n not properly functioning dishwasher did affect the quality of life, convenience, comfort, and health and safety. Um, so, and the commission believed at the time that the remand was necessary to obtain more information documentation regarding the condition of the dishwasher and leak and determine a new valuation. So determine a new monthly value for that service that was lost. And, and that's what the examiner did. The examiner looked into the valuation guidelines and looked into the record that was presented and determined that, what is it, $83 would be the reasonable amount for the service, for the loss of this service. So now the examiner looked into the evidence presented and the information provided and believed that $83 is, is the reasonable amount. And so I, I have no reason why uh, to, to why would I overturn that decision? So I agree the way that the examiner looked into this, and I don't think this is an excessive um, 
uh, amount. Uh, I believe it's because if you look into the ranges, it's between $43 and $120, the, the, the ceiling. And, and the examiner's uh, uh, determination is $83, so I believe this is a correct determination, so I'm prepared to support it. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Bass. Yeah, I, I asked about the, um, the valuation and what standard we judge it by uh, very much because I was getting to the same point that Commissioner Martz made. I, I will disclose uh, that I, I watched the previous meeting even though I wasn't a member of this commission uh, to see the history on this. And um, it was interesting to watch the commission go back and forth on 10 versus 43 is what they were debating. and. Uh, and I'm finding myself very much in the shoes of Commissioner Maggio or Goldilocks here, where this one's too cold, this one's too hot, and uh, trying to find something in the middle. But because it's a substantial evidence, I'm going to I'm going to agree with Commissioner Martz and say this is I would not have decided $83, but um, I will leave that up to the hearing examiner based on what the previous commission remanded to them, um, and just encourage the landlord to get get that leak fixed. You could. You know, as soon as you can do it, you can go into the city and get a um, determination of compliance, and and this would you would have one month without the without well one month beyond today without the uh, without the eighty three dollars because I think that's the way this commission is going. So that could be resolved before before the end of this month probably um, would be my guess. Regard, I don't know the timelines. I'm not going to make any promises because there's probably some noticing and stuff like that. So it could be done quickly. I'll say it that way. Um, as far as the overpayments, I, I, there's been absolutely no objection to the amount of 764.46 made in the record that I can see tonight. It seems to be that the dispute is about the COVID relief funds, which from what's in our packet, it appears, uh, it appears that's been returned anyway, and it's beyond the scope of this commission. So for a lot of reasons, I, I find no, uh, no substantial reason to even consider that. So I would support the hearing examiner's uh, decision. Again, reluctantly on the evaluation of the dishwasher, but that's what I'll do. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Rory. So I had a couple questions for staff just to help me formulate my thoughts. Um, the first one was something that Commissioner Bass just mentioned, and I just wanted to understand, uh, moving forward, whatever this commission decides tonight, if, if they were to affirm the $83 um, adjustment for the dishwasher, what's the process for the landlord to be able to um, claim that it's been resolved and that the $83 reduction should no longer apply? So the, the process for um, reinstating the rent is once the landlord believes that they have satisfied the um, order and the decision, they then file for a compliance determination with the city. Um, the city will send out notice to all affected parties, um, letting them know that the landlord is seeking the compliance determination. Those parties have X amount of days to provide an objection um, and if they provide an objection, there's a hearing on the compliance determination, and then an order is issued. Uh, but that is also appealable to the commission as well. But um, if no objections are made, then the rent's reinstated. And it would be effective as of the date the landlord starts the, the process? I would have to look at the regulations. Um, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head for, for when that would take effect. 
Um, another question related to the dishwasher issue. The commission has the ability, I think, to um, affirm the, the, the staff report, to um, deny, I think, or I can use the right verbs, um, to remand, which is what happened before, and to modify. There's a fourth option, as I understand it. Would this commission have the authority or the ability tonight to modify the rent reduction for the dishwasher? Just in theory, could yes. we say it's not going to be 83, it's going to be some other amount, and would we even have that authority? Yes, if the commission found that there wasn't substantial evidence in the record to support a valuation of $83, then yes. Okay. And switching over to the other portion of the appeal for tonight, the, the COVID relief overpayments, um, is it correct that in October of last year, when the resolution 22618 came before this commission, there was no issue at that time about COVID relief overpayments, at least not in the record as something that the commission was considering? Um, let me take a look at, um, so I'm not sure about the timeline for when. I don't remember the COVID relief issue at the last hearing. Um, let me see. And, and it wasn't part of the remand direction that was given from the commission at that hearing either, is my understanding. Unless anyone, okay. Yes, that's correct. That's correct, mm -hmm. okay. And so it seems to me like the COVID relief overpayment was inserted into the appellate record um, as a result of the most recent appeal um, in May of this year, which was an appeal of the remand decision. Is that consistent with your understanding? That's my understanding, yes. Okay. So for me, um, the COVID relief issue is, is kind of an easier decision to make. And the reason for that is because I don't see it as something that's um, within the purview of what we can decide tonight. It wasn't part of the appeal that was from last year in October, as, as far as I can read and understand. And it wasn't part of the remand from that appeal. And I understand there might have been some testimony or discussion about that during the hearing in December, but it wasn't part of the decision that was issued in April of this year from that December remand. And so, you know, there's a process to what we can look at and not look at. And for me, the COVID relief issue just really isn't in front of us. And so to the tenant, I know I'm speaking directly, I just don't feel like I can do anything with that. And I'm not even sure I have the power or this commission has the power to do anything. So that part of it, I, I would agree with what I've heard so far. There's, I would affirm on that issue because it's just not something I can really decide. Um, on the dishwasher, I'm a little more ambivalent, to be honest, when I, I don't have the history of, of this, of the parties. And maybe that's a good thing because I give a little bit of a, a fresh perspective. But um, when I first read the issue, I thought to myself, 
um, wow, what a fluctuation from $10 adjustment to $83 adjustment. Um, you can buy a whole new dishwasher for $1,000. So the adjustment itself on a monthly basis is quite significant, the $83. And I started to dig into the record or what I had of the record of what was it about that dishwasher that was so, and that's why I kind of asked tonight a little bit about it. Um, I don't know if a couple of leaks around the seal and a puddle underneath the kitchen sink is worth $1,000 a year and a rent reduction. I'm a little on the fence, if I can be honest about that. Um, but I do think that there was evidence of some really severe leak, um, especially from the, um, the trap years ago. I did see evidence of that in the record. And you, you know, the tenant clearly came tonight and said that the seal is still not fixed and there is a puddle under the sink. And the landlord has the ability, as I understand it, to put an end to this whole dishwasher saga, fix those issues and apply to reinstate the rent reduction. So because there's that outlet moving forward, um, I, would, I would agree with a consensus, if there was a consensus on the commission to affirm on the, on the dishwasher issue, but it's not for lack of common sense about how much a dishwasher costs and the fluctuation between 10 and 83 and the prior history between the parties. Well said, thank you. Uh, Commissioner Moore? I, I think everything's been said. Um, I do agree <laughs> at length. Um, I, I, I do agree with the hearing examiner's decision, um, and I agree with what everyone has said. I also was a little on the fence about the amount of the dishwasher, the $83, because when I looked through the evidence, I didn't really see evidence of $83 worth of a rent reduction, but I also am not sure that I would know how much to even modify that. I, I don't think that I have that, you know, what we would need to do that. Um, I do think that the hearing examiner is absolutely correct on um, their math um, on the other two issues. And um, in terms of the COVID, uh, repayments, I, I do agree with the landlord that they did the right um, thing to return it to the state and that it really is not in our jurisdiction to um, make a decision on that anyway. Thank you. Um, I think the comments uh, from commissioners this evening have been extremely just sort of well thought through. Um, the joy and burden of going last is that um, everything has been said so eloquently and so I won't um, sort of revisit those issues, except that I do concur also with the, the decision by the hearing examiner um, regarding the cost um, assessed and in and, and total. Um, I think, you know, as another commissioner pointed out, you know, this issue can be remedied um, by the landlord. Um, and so that way it, you know, essentially does go away. 
Um, I appreciate both of the parties' testimony this evening, even given us the background sort of about the court case, et cetera. I think it does help us, from, it does help me to have that background and see sort of how contentious the relationship has gotten. And I certainly hope that that does improve. Um, it's good to have a working relationship with your landlord. You know, I do. And so when there things come up, it's just someone that you need to be able to communicate with in a way where they're going to be responsive. And so I'm you know, hopeful that this relationship will uh, improve and that, you know, whatever needs to be worked out does, um, because it certainly can't be good for anyone for this to sort of this continue to be this ongoing issue. Um, and with that said, I will, do you have something? Yeah, go ahead. I, just before there was a motion on the floor, I wanted to pull my colleagues and see if there was an appetite to modify the hearing examiner's decision to a $43 uh, evaluation on the dishwasher. Is there support for that? Talk about the significance of what we'd be doing if, we're, if we want to have that conversation, because you know, we, we, we do it all the time, but um, you know, find our own value on things. But in this case specifically, we did that on like four, I'm just gonna throw out a number, four of the 13 items, four of the 14 items or whatever. Um, and this one specifically, we said we don't have enough information and we need to send it back to the hearing examiner. We don't have any more information tonight than we had when we had it six months ago. But the hearing examiner had an opportunity to listen to both sides. One didn't show up, but one did. And that convinced him that was enough evidence to provide him to go from $10 to 83. So we can second guess that if we want, but I don't know what evidence we have to, to second guess that. I think for me, it, it comes down to there's a lack of substantial evidence to support the 83 as well. And so the lack of evidence um, is, is actually why I don't believe that it's, it's warranted. So I am prepared to affirm, because I, I do not believe the hearing examiner got it wrong, in, in deciding the direction it should go. I just don't believe that there is substantial evidence to support a, a, deduction, a reduction that is slightly above the halfway mark of the valuations. We can do a quick straw poll and just say yay or nay, go down the line. Uh, was that what you were gonna suggest? I was gonna add two cents, well, a few more than that, but um, I would say in my review, I went back and looked while everyone was talking, is there substantial evidence in the record? This is probably the lowest one I would say, and I agree with Commissioner Kirpies. Had this been a different case where we didn't send it back specifically on that issue, you know, like I said, my personal opinion, I don't think the hearing examiner, I wouldn't have done what they did, but I think there is substantial evidence in the record by a wee margin, and I would affirm. Commissioner Topchin, uh, would you affirm or? Um... Um move for modification. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with uh, Commissioner Kerpis' um, um, comments. So th this was exact reason why we sent the case back to the uh, examiner, because we didn't have at the time any information or documents. We couldn't come up with the amount. So we sent it back to the examiner, and we trusted the examiner to look into that and recommend whatever recommended today. So I don't have any reason why I have to disturb the decision, so I would affirm. Thank you. How many votes would need to say modify? What's the number? Four. Okay. Can I ask a clarifying question? Sure. Would modification be appealable or would that be the final 
decision. Appeal, any decision of the commission's appealable. So, are you asking appealable back to us or to a higher yeah, court? Yeah, internally within oh, the city process. No, the commission's decision is final, so the only way to challenge a commission decision is through a writ of mandate with the oh, court. Okay, but if we did modify tonight, it would end it as far as the city proceedings are concerned. It would, it would end the administrative process, yes. Okay. Um, I would be open to a modification um, for the reason that, as I understand it, our job on this commission is to make sure there is substantial evidence in the record to support a SAF's decision. And that's not just some evidence, that's not just like a lot of evidence, that's substantial evidence. What I'm hearing is that about a year ago, there was a discussion over this issue and the commission didn't have enough evidence to determine whether $10 was a correct amount or not, and they sent it for a remand. And what I'm hearing tonight is we still don't know if that's a correct amount or not. What we're, what we're saying is, or what I'm hearing is, the landlord didn't show up at the December hearing Therefore, we're going to defer to the hearing examiner um, and give them the benefit of the doubt on substantial evidence. I still think that we have to be able, as a commission, to say no. On page um, 82 and 198 of the PDF that was distributed, there is discussion and evidence about the dishwasher. Is that substantial enough to justify $83 a month? Um, and if so, we can take that vote, but I do think we need to, I don't think we can say we don't have enough, we don't have anything more tonight that we didn't have last time, because then that raises the whole question for me, well, how can we have substantial evidence tonight um, on this issue? And so I would support modification I'm also very sensitive to the history here and what's going on. I just want to make sure that we do the substantial evidence review that we're supposed to do. And I'll just chime in with, with the math on it. Um, I don't believe that a modification would pass. Um, there are four. Um, I, I wouldn't vote to, to modify it. There's, uh, so I have Commissioner Kirby's, Martz, Topchin, and Wright um, as not modifying, and so... Um, I don't know that it passes, so if there's additional discussion, obviously I'm happy to hear it, but I don't know that the numbers are there. Go on. Yeah, and I totally respect what you're saying, absolutely, especially since this is the first time you're seeing it in fresh eyes, so it's good to hear that perspective. Um, I just wanted to clarify, so it's not that the conversation was we didn't have enough evidence. The, the hearing examiner told us it was $10 then, and none of us agreed with that or at least a majority of us, I don't remember the exact number, a majority of us did not agree with that. We knew that it had to be more than $10. We didn't understand how they would, how he would say in the same paragraph, it, it kind of works, so we're gonna give it $10 value. So we disagreed with that. So he did put some value on it at that time, so we knew it was more than that, but we didn't have enough evidence to decide what more it would be. And it sounds like from you watching the conversation, and I don't disagree with it, it could have been the $43 or whatever range. So we sent it back for that specific reason. My argument about the, the, the landlord not showing up is really to make a point. When we sent 
the it back to them with the very specific instructions to allow both parties to come with evidence about this one item to show how the other one is not correct and how their argument is is right and there's been no evidence there was no evidence before and there's no evidence tonight no evidence anything saying I mean, other than his comment saying we fixed that well they didn't fix it um, so, so that's, that's why I want to really stress the point. He had an opportunity to show up and present evidence. That was the only thing that they had to show evidence about. <laughs> um, and they just didn't. And so she convinced him, the, the hearing examiner, based upon what he writes here, is um, in his decision, or maybe this is staff's interpretation of it, but um, talked about, went into... Um, It's on page 14, I believe. Um, so he, and, and I know that as, as someone said, I think it was Commissioner Mars that said that this is the lowest level of substantial evidence you've ever seen. I agree. I mean, I'm all about negotiating a fair rate. I, I just, we sent this back for this specific reason. And they said, uh, basis of what the rent reduction warranted, warranted is not proper. Maybe that's not the right page. But in the decision, um, he talked about kind of the, what I would say, like the, the, the soft stuff, the, you know, this has impact her life, this does impact the tenant's or quality of life. I mean, whatever the argument was that was made verbatim, I don't know, but it convinced the hearing examiner, based upon that evidence, that this was a value of $83 or whatever. So that's, that's what, I, what I'm saying is like, if we're gonna send it back to the hearing examiner to ask them to do something, um, the two parties had an opportunity to, to fight it out again and they did and the hearing examiner came back with this. We don't have any evidence to refute that. But um, don't, don't you think you need to see the substantial 80? evidence for 83? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, well, the, the dollar amount goes up to 100 and, what, 120, yeah. So I don't know the difference between 120 and 83. I didn't have the conversation about the dishwasher. Um, that's what the hearing examiner's job was. So 90% of the time, I would be ready to negotiate another thing. In this case, though, we sent it specifically back for that reason, and that's what the hearing examiner did. So I'm just very opposed to doing it. But you know, if I understand. Commissioner Kirpies, just so you know, what you're looking for is on page 102 of the PDF is the hearing examiner's summary of testimony um, and evidence submitted by the tenant regarding the dishwasher. And then on page 106 to 107 of the PDF um, is the hearing examiner's legal analysis um, and findings as to the dishwasher, if you're looking to reference that. decision was that was sent to us, you know, before when they just said, actually, basically his analysis made no sense to me at that time, but this one, again, low standard, <laughs> but from what I understand, it meets the substantial evidence. And, and Chair, if I may, I, I think this is just a, I know there isn't, it seems like the, the four votes, but I think this is a good opportunity to just remind the commission that the substantial evidence standard isn't a quantitative um, test, it's a qualitative, and essentially you're looking at the evidence in totality and you're determining whether or not the evidence that was relied upon is credible, 
um, whether it has any, whether it's solid value, and ultimately whether a reasonable person could come to the same conclusion. That's the kind of the layman's way of saying it. And so it doesn't have to be 100 pages to support. It could be one photo could be enough, but it could be instances where 100 documents are necessary. It's a fact um, determinative issue. Um, and so when you're looking at the evidence under substantial evidence, that's, that's the parameters you look at it. Thank you. Um, I will, looking at blank faces, so I'm thinking uh, this, we might be done sort of deliberating, and so is there a motion uh, from the commission at this time? Yes, I will make a motion to adopt resolution RSC number 23-634, a resolution of the Rent Stabilization Commission of the City of West Hollywood affirming the hearing examiner's decision as to application number D-4652R. Is there a second? A second. I do have a motion and a second. May we have a roll call, please? Commissioner Bass? Aye. Commissioner Kirby's? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Rory? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. All right, the motion passes. Uh, if the parties have any further questions, you can reach out to the Rent Stabilization Division at 323-848-6450 or via email rsd at weho.org, or request an in-person appointment, as Mr. Holub uh, mentioned earlier, uh, how to do that. The next item on the agenda is new business, which I believe there is none. Um, item 12, or items from staff. Are there any um, items from staff? No items from staff, Chair. Thank you. Do we have anyone signed up for public comment? No public speakers. Wonderful, moving along. Um, item number 14 are items from commissioners. Um, and I will start and just look down the row and see if there's anyone that has anything additional. Wanderful. I do have one thing. I, I did want to um, just mention to uh, Commissioner Rory, again, I you know sort of really valued your uh, opinions and, and statements and insight this evening. Um, if you haven't had a chance to look at the regs, um, it does a really good job to, of sort of spelling out like what we're supposed to sort of be looking at for the downward adjustments or what the hearing examiner. And so if there's a time where you know you want to make that motion for, uh, for modifying that, then using these to sort of explain that and, you know, sort of bolster that. Um, and plus, it's probably needed for the record anyways, so just uh, heads up on that. But otherwise, I, you know, I, I welcome you, and I'm already impressed uh, by your insights. And with that, we are adjourning tonight's meeting until October 2nd, until October the 12th at 7 p.m. at the West Hollywood City Council Chambers. Uh, thank you, and have a great evening. yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city and people coming out, getting their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
Well, first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and elected have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
First of all, a National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and elected have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
Well, first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
Well, first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and elected have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and electeds have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year.
first of all, National Night Out is a great program throughout our nation, number one. And here, especially in West Hollywood, it's amazing. It's 1.9 square miles, yet there's multiple different parties throughout the city. And people coming out, getting to know their neighbors, uh, having law enforcement and fire, and all the people that work in the city and elected have an opportunity to interact and get to know each other better and really kind of work on this community as a community. So it's a really great, fun time, and uh, we really enjoy it every year. Thank you. 